If you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Wish Police Radio. Uh, one of the cool things about um, doing the show for as long as I have is I, I have a lot of people who come back on the show, but because, I, I guess, of the nature of, of Winnipeg's music scene, it's often in different contexts. And the guest that I, yeah. I have on the episode this time is someone who's been on, I think, twice before, but all three appearances now are talking about completely different projects, which is kind of cool. So I, I think that the best... Um, and then they're many years apart, too. Like, the, you were on a very early episode and then kind of won uh, a number of years back and now in 2023. So... I think the best way to start this off is if you want to introduce yourself and maybe just give a bit of background on this current project that you're working on. Sure. Introduce myself. I guess I'm Joel. I like music. I've been (laughs) doing it for a long time. Um, Like, very long time. Yeah. And uh, play, like, all different kinds of instruments. I do recording stuff. What was the second part again? What What is this current project? Because, I mean, just to, I guess oh, yeah, for, for context, part. for context, the first time you were on <clears throat> was talking about Beef Donut, which was a, yeah. kind of a solo thing you did with with a few other people involved. And you did that for yeah. a number of years. That kind of had uh, a fairly rock um, sound to it, I guess well, you would say. Beef Donut initially started out as just me with a four-track recorder back okay. in, like, 96 or whatever. So it was, uh, it was always a, a solo project, but it was always always a multi-genre kind of project where there wasn't really one kind of thing it was kind of me doing whatever style i wanted for whatever thing Uh, i even like released um soundtrack work under that name but yeah i think it's sort of in winnipeg got into the music community in its like final form which is like the four-piece grunge rock band yeah um around 20 10 or so i started really being into garage rock i guess like jay retard and uh sebastian granger and stuff like that so that was the kind of music that i wanted to make so that's what beef donut sort of ended at and cookie delicious which is the new name for the solo project um it's basically the same idea it's just me and then i have some of these same players even um playing in the band and we're even actually doing i think one of the old beef donut songs um yeah so it's, it's basically the same project but a name change and it's also a change in because the focus is more about dance music and dance rock and electronic stuff and um yeah so the the genre is sort of more dialed in i think 
and the idea is for more of a steady output as well so it's not just writing songs and then sitting on them for five years until i record them because i'm playing in three other bands yeah yeah well and i like how you have the food motif going too right i mean you got cookies and you got yes. beef donuts and you still have the, yeah. the kind of snack food involved there with the donut and the cookies yeah. um but yeah i mean i guess like you have been in so many bands at so many points over the years how many are you in right now aside from from the, from this current project that, that's the solo uh, three three other ones or three including oh, three including the solo one yeah okay so has there been kind of just like a long period of time where you've been in too many bands to to actually release and record a lot of this stuff like has it been percolating in your brain for a while now yeah these songs are about five to seven years old the ones that just came out um i have another one that's sort of ready in the wings that where i did collaborations with other vocalists or, okay. or with other people who wrote lyrics and sang um and that's maybe more closer to like two ish years ago that i was working on those um and i put one out fairly recently like in november i guess of 22 where that's sort of where i want to get to in the future so after this next one is released I'm just going to get to a point where I can just like, I have the setup ready so that I can just play the songs. Like I can just write them on the spot yeah. as a jam and then rebuild them and mix and overdub and then yeah, master and then release. So I sort of like build up maybe four songs, five songs and then put them out and not like sit on them for too long. So at this point, are you sort of playing catch up on the songs you already have, you know, waiting to, to, yeah. to get them all I, off your plate? I kind of got to a point where I had to like, stop myself from writing songs because uh yeah they're just building up because some of these songs i i I think i feel like i asked too many people this question but because some of these songs are old and you've had them sort of uh you know percolating again there's that word uh for a while now how does it feel to now that you have them out and now that they're released and people can hear them do you feel like you've progressed considerably beyond those songs or have you been able to sort of take those songs and and kind of, uh, you know, alter them and improve them and convert them, I guess, into whatever your sound has, has morphed into over the years. Yeah, I think it's more the the latter. Like, I wasn't in necessarily a hurry to get these done, but it does feel like it's um, a milestone or like a big step or like to put that behind me and sort of focusing on more on, on the future now that the album is out. Yeah, yeah. What um, I mean, I know you you kind of touched on you know it's 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 a solo project. It's it's got electronic elements. It's it's dance focused. What yeah. I guess what what kind of prompted that? I mean, you know, obviously you've played in all different kinds of bands, and you currently play in bands with fairly diverse genres. But what sort of sparked the interest in in, in putting out dancier stuff as opposed to, like you said, Beef Donut was more known for kind of a grunge rock sort of vibe. Yeah, no, it's it's always for me always a case of especially with solo stuff that I'm making the kind of music that I like or that I want to, or that I'm into at that moment. So the reason why Beef Donut was like garage rocks, because that's what I was listening to a lot of like, so I'm almost entirely listening to dance and dance rock stuff now. And that's just what I like. I I DJ now too, under the same name, um, dance parties. Um, So yeah. The, the reason is just that's what I like. I think that's sort of important for people to release music. They want to, I think sometimes, maybe I'm wrong, but sometimes it seems like people release music in the way that they think this is what music's supposed to sound like. 
instead of actually just releasing something that they want more of in the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, which I think is, is probably the best possible way to, to be creating something is to do it in, in what you want to see or you feel there's, yeah. you know, an absence of and you want to kind of fill that void. D- does does the current sort of ecosystem for music um, make that easier where you can record stuff at home and just immediately throw it on the band camp and then it's kind of out in the world like a lot of the even 10 years ago a lot of the kind of um procedural <laughs> aspects of releasing music have oh, changed yeah, yeah. where it's, it's just so much more direct right yeah no everything has changed so much it's kind of yeah i mean from when i started out i was actually playing shows where we were doing cassette releases and unironically it was like that was the actual <laughs> main medium for enjoying music at the time yeah so yeah i yeah the 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 so much has changed about it one of the things that i find interesting that's changed about it is year-end lists it used to be that everyone would say these are the top 10 albums of the year for me yeah and you'd see a lot of consistency across them because it was broadcast media times and there was such less to choose from you know like there's so much less music out there yeah or it was out there but it was harder to find and everyone was getting access to the same you know small yeah. pool of, of stuff yeah 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 it was basically there was a, a top 40 yeah <laughs> and this that concept is gone now there's no everybody has their own top 40 because yeah. everybody's playlists are targeted directly to them. And when people do still, if they do still post their top 10 of the year, when I read through it, if I do recognize any of them, I'm like, yeah, that sounds exactly like the kind of music that so-and-so would like. And when I, I uh, if I haven't heard of one and I check it out, I'm like, yeah, that also sounds exactly <laughs> like something they would like. And then I think about posting my own and I'm like, there's no there's no crossover anymore everybody has their own music and there's just so much of it out there it's constantly like so much great music being put out all the time yeah it's it's like a never-ending uh flow of it and i mean obviously yeah, there's, there's so many good things about that right i mean there's so many positives about that but as someone who is releasing music does that make it tougher does that because now you know even if say you're, you're releasing dance music there's now yeah. you know 700 million people re- not that many but you know there's this thousands yeah. and thousands of thousands of people releasing dance music with the same sort of level of of promotion and notoriety and everything else yeah. and it's all about sort of like somehow finding a way to get your stuff heard over others I think, yeah i think the key is it is something that i spend quite a bit of time thinking about there's a lot of weird sort of mixed emotions about it but um i listen to a ton of music and i'm always listening to new music i find it very hard to like listen to the same album over and over because i've got this like save for later playlist of just stuff that i want to check out so there's just tons of new music that i'm always listening to and when i discover something that i love i uh that's just such a really good feeling and i want that I guess I feel like I can give back in the same way, even if yeah. it's like one person in Belgium who just picks it up, who, who discovers it accidentally, and then it's their thing, you know, like that's, that's great. And I guess I think there's just so much music out there and not all of it is good, really. In well, fact, that's the downside, right? This is, yeah. Like this is the amount of good music. This is the <laughs> amount of music and this is the amount of music that you get to hear. Yeah. So it's just like, uh, yeah, I guess I one it's kind of 
yeah I, it's kind of like a double-edged sword because all i think of all music as inspiring because it's either so good that it's like okay i gotta up my game to get on this level and blah blah, blah. and that can also be a kind of discouraging because sometimes you see and hear music out there and it's so good it's just like oh why am i even bothering it's like ten thousand other people releasing music today that's better than my stuff um but i always just try and talk myself down from that and be like yeah it doesn't i don't have to be the best in the world it's not a competition i just have to do my best and as long as i like it then somebody else out there with a similar set of DNA as me is going to like it as well. And you know that person's um, out there somewhere too, right? Like just, there, there, yeah. there are people who, any kind of music, whether it's what you're doing or, or even someone, you know, screaming and then bashing a pots and pans on their head, someone wants to hear that. Like there's, there's, yeah. there's an audience for anything. Yeah. And, and if the music's really bad, that's kind of equally inspiring. Yeah. Cause it's like, okay, well this person's just going for it and they're having fun <laughs> and they're putting it out. So, I can do too. I can do that too. You know, like I'm it's inspiring because it's like, yeah, I can, I can do that too. Yeah.
So yeah. is this, I mean, do you sort of foresee yourself um, doing solo projects for a number of years and then switching to something else? Like uh, going from, from, from the various, uh, you know, from, from Beef Donut to this, is no, this going to become something try else? To have, I try to have three on the go at all times. So I have okay. the one where I'm the session person where I just show up and I play whatever they want me to play. Uh, and then I have the one that's like a band where it's very um, uh, collaborative and everybody's jamming and everybody's creating the stuff together. And then I have the one where I'm, it's my solo work and I'm, you know, telling people what to play. Do you have a preference? They're all very, three very different experiences. Yeah. Is there a preferred one of those three or do you need to have all three to kind of get the full? Yeah. No, I need to have all three. Because <laughs> <laughs> There's really good things and really bad things about all three of them. Right. Right. So it's sort of like, Yeah. I get the good things about all three of them. Is there ever an issue with one or two of those things blending together? <laughs> like, I mean, like a solo project becoming a collaborative project or, or the collaborative project being taken over by one person becoming more of a session type of project? Not in my experience, no. That's good. <laughs> yeah, maybe I've been, maybe I've been kind of uh, particular about it, but yeah, like the, the bands where I'm, I just show up and play. I mean, Anybody who does that, if they're a session player, they are bringing themselves to the music, right? right. So I'm not. Um, they're not giving me the exact notes to play. I'm just sort of like playing what I think sounds good, but I'm completely open to feedback. So if it's whoever's band it is, if they're like, mm, you know what, I don't like that. You try this, try that. Then yeah, this is your thing, and I'm helping you create it. Um, I am bringing myself to it, but I'm not like. It's not. Yeah, it's not my final call. Yeah, I'm not the. Sure. Uh, it's not my vision. Um, yeah, and then the jams bands are probably the most fun. To be honest, I now that I think about it, if I had to pick which one I preferred, it would probably be that one because that sort of collaboration and moment of creation that that doesn't happen anywhere else, and that's such a good feeling. When you're doing the solo stuff, mm -hmm. do you? I mean, obviously, you're not getting the same level of of feedback as you're getting from, from the more collaborative projects because you have people right there with you. I mean, I know you, you work with other people on the solo stuff as well, but, um, is it different? Like, are you, are you, I guess maybe the question is like, how, how critical are you of your own stuff when you're making it? Are, are you one of the people who will sit there and, and nitpick and take apart what you've done and, and rework it over and over again? Or are you willing to just sort of say, <laughs> this is the thing and let's move on to the next part? No, I'm pretty extremely the nitpicking over and over <laughs> again. Yeah. Pretty extremely, yeah, for my solo stuff. Does yeah. that maybe explain why some of it's taken so long to be released, or is it more just... Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I took many runs at this particular batch of songs in terms of how I wanted them. Um, eventually, the pandemic happened, and I kind of realized that I wasn't going to be able to get these across the line unless I had help. So I took it to No Fun Club, and with Riley, we yeah. kind of like that kind of helped me get to that point where it's like, well, I, I just have to accept this because this is just, you know, I'm paying for the studio time and it's going to run out. So I get three takes at this and that's it. Yeah. And one of them has to that be the, the right one. Yeah. 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 And, um, and even in the mixing decisions, like I mix stuff as well. So like speaking of which we should have, uh, 
another one where we have RoboJam on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, then that's a totally different project too. I mean, it has some uh, yeah. some some dancey elements as well. I mean, yeah. but but it's not the same as as what you're doing with the Cookie Delicious. Like, it's not. No. No. So no, that's that's the uh, the band one. Not like everything that we make, we create together. Yeah. Yeah. Did being um, in that band kind of uh, inspire some of this stuff in terms of that 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 kind of vibe? No. No. Just totally just based on what you're listening to and what you're uh, wanting to to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like with with RoboJam, it's sort of it's a higher energy kind of project. Um, it's a performance art kind of project. Like it's very out there, but it's also it just tends to blow people's minds because Renee is just like a uh, phenomenal front person. And the music itself is kind of like a Again, it's music that I love, but it's it's sort of more post-punk than Cookie Delicious. Cookie Delicious is more like dance, sometimes dance rock, but yeah. RoboJam is like what I like to describe it as uh, Duchess Says meets Snapped Ankles, but we dress up like robots. But most people, when I give that description, they're, they're like, that doesn't help me. No, that's... <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of the, the vibe. <clears throat> But that's sometimes the best way to describe a band when you have something that specific, <laughs> even if it doesn't yeah. make sense. People at least know that there's there's thought put into it, right? It's not it's not just yeah. whatever. It's there there's something you're definitely going for there for sure. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, as far as just like time management with all these projects, is there a priority or is it just whatever has like the next show coming up or the next record coming out? Yeah, no, there's not a priority. There seems it's like another reason that it's good to have like three projects on the go is. Um, to be able to play out enough to make it uh, so that I don't go crazy. <laughs> so even if I play like one gig a month with each band and each band doesn't play out for three months, that's long enough time so that people won't get sick of it. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, you're not just bombarding them with the same songs over and over again every week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
what does uh, Cookie Delicious sound like live? How, how does it how does it work in a live setting? Um, the album is exactly what it was okay, live. Okay, okay. We've only played live uh, twice. One of them was like pre-pandemic, I think August of 2019. And that was a super fun show, but it was just a three-piece. It was me and the drummer and percussionist. Um, and then the pandemic happened and eventually I got all those songs recorded and the album released. And we played our second show and that was basically the exact same as what's on the album. So there's live loops that are yeah. set up and then I play lead bass and synth and piano and Domo sings uh, backing vocals and Ava plays guitar and then Matt is on percussion and Jimmy's on drums. But that's how it was on the album too. Cool, cool. Um, so I guess like I, I'm sick of talking about the pandemic and I'm sure you are too. Everyone is at this point. But how I need to ask you, like, how was that experience for you as someone who, you know, obviously needs to be involved in playing music <laughs> at all times. I mean, you like to be in three projects at once. What was it like having yeah. that kind of shutdown when you could potentially, I guess, really only work on the one because you couldn't, you know, go out and uh, rehearse with yeah. or, or jam with people? Yeah. I don't know if I'm, <laughs> I don't really accurately remember it too much. We um, weren't living in Winnipeg at the time, which actually kind of helped <clears throat> And towards the end of it, I was working for a British company, so I had to be up very early to be on UK time. Okay. So that wouldn't have happened <laughs> if it wasn't for the pandemic, because it'd be very late nights and then up at like five in the morning for work. Yeah, yeah. Did you feel so, creative during the pandemic, though, or was it like a... Uh, uh, yeah. No, I did feel creative and I did do a lot of playing of music for sure. Um, yeah, and I got more into live looping. Um, so, yeah, I still do that. I was, I kind of did that before the pandemic. I did it a lot more in the pandemic and I still do it now where it's just sort of like loop a bass part, loop some drums and then play some notes over top. And that's sort of how I write these songs. <clears throat> I guess how different is that from how you, I mean, obviously the loops is probably different, but how, how different is that from how you would write, say, a Beef Donut song? I mean, uh, Oh, very as, different. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. A Beef Donut song would typically be started on guitar. So I would just like play acoustic guitar and write a song. And yeah, so those songs had a way for me to just play them at a campfire okay. kind of thing. These ones, they don't. Like there isn't <laughs> guitar parts really for these songs, or if they are guitar parts, they're kind of like, syncopated melodies around bass lines and so yeah it's not really something that i can sit down and play well that makes sense a... too because dance music it does not necessarily typically yeah. kind of campfire sing-along vibe exactly. <laughs> it doesn't really work right. for it. yeah yeah unless uh, it's a dance remix of a simon and garfunkel song or something right right <laughs> which would be cool <laughs>
this point, where do people find this record? I mean, I know it's. Uh, I was listening to it on Bandcamp, but uh, is it yeah. available on all the various um, streaming platforms yeah. and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just released it through DistroKid. It should be on everything: YouTube Music, Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. And is it strictly uh, a digital release, or are you doing physicals? Yeah, yeah. No, just I did print up some cards, and I didn't even pump them at the show. But I've got like download cards. Oh yeah, okay. And yeah. and then as far as like all of your other stuff, is there sort of like a, a single repository on the internet to find all of your various projects? I mean, maybe not going back to, to decades, but at least the last uh, sort of uh, you know ten years or so. No, there there is going back decades. Oh, really? Yeah, nice, nice. I've been working on recently. Uh, it's cookiedelicious.com. And that if has go to, a discography and yeah, like the the homepage is just the Cookie Delicious releases, but then there's like a more section, and it's like it lists everything. Uh, not everything, but it lists most of the stuff that I could find online. So if it has some kind of streaming thing online, oh cool. Um, well, one, one of the things I've noticed is like over the past few years, because again, because of the pandemic and I'm, I work from home now, kind of filling time uh, doing different yeah. things than I would have before. I, I had this ridiculously large collection of, of local music and I've been slowly sort of adding everything that's not on there already to just discogs just to, so it's yeah. like documented. And the amount of times your name comes up on just random projects where you're just like you know playing, playing bass on one thing or, or like one track yeah. as you're doing like clapping or something. Well, when you... <laughs> When you post your local stuff, every time I'm like, ah, oh, I'm in this post. <laughs> like even the most recent one, that Northern Faction 3 yeah. has the Hummers on it. Yeah, that's so, right. And uh, you're, you're, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's pretty funny. You, uh, you were very prolific and like kind of, I mean, you're prolific anyway, but it's kind of secretly prolific. <laughs> you just keep showing up. <laughs> yeah. Do you have, have you ever kept track of sort of everything you've worked on or is that too much of a headache to even figure out? Uh, I, everything that I've worked on that I can remember, yes, I've got like, I think a document somewhere I've been like, I've typed everything out as I remember it. I'm like, oh yeah, I got to add that to that. And I've kind of separated from bands that I've led to versus, uh, bands that I've, uh, just played in. Yeah. But honestly, I don't think I remember them all. I know that I've played on things, but I don't remember what it was called or, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I'm sure you, you, you've you been called to just help out a friend's project and you record yeah. something and then forget about it and then it gets released whenever. And yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things I remember, uh, I don't know if you remember the band Grand Theft Canoe. Yeah. Cam yeah. Voigt. Evan Craker, who was the main guy in that band, did soundtrack for a movie, Black as Death, Strong as love something 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 it was like a winnipeg made movie okay. i can't remember what it was anyways for this soundtrack he had me come in and play bass on one song and i wish i could wish i had a copy of that because it in my mind when i hear it i'm like oh that was such a good bass solo i wish i had a recording of that someone will find it years from now and throw it on the internet and then you'll randomly yeah. stumble upon it uh, <laughs> 20 years down the line <laughs> So are there any shows coming up for any of your projects in the near future? Yes. Yeah, there's a big one coming up May 27th that hasn't been announced yet, so I can't really talk about it, but it is. I'm so excited for that. Cool. That's a Cookie Delicious show. And then there's four, I think, gigs booked for Marin in May and June right now. There's two in May and two in June, Um, which is a lot for Marin. Yeah. Um, Robojump doesn't have a gig booked right now, but we are looking. I've been trying to get 
a gig for RoboJam. I would kind of want to play something at the Goodwill with some kind of post-punk sort of night. Like, it would be great to have Soft Switch and Fold Paper and RoboJam do yeah. the Goodwill. Or, I don't know, Candect are one of my all-time favorite local bands. They'd be great to do a show with with RoboJam for sure. Cool, cool. And then, so, before I let you go, do you want to just... um plug the website where everyone can find this stuff and and then uh just to give a reminder of where people can find your music and uh, past present and future cookiedelicious.com awesome which i i can't even believe that that domain was available i'm surprised a cookie company or something hasn't hasn't snapped exactly. it up exactly that's ridiculous yeah.